Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Now, Roger. Is there anything that Lionel Messi is better than you at? It's opinion. I respect your opinion. Maybe in your opinion, Messi is better than me. But in my mind, I'm better than him. I do it again. Yes, guys, I'm Sai. Welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, the home of Rodri Giggs on football. We are here to talk all things football, from United to Champions League to predictions and more. It's going to be a good time. It's always a good time uh, as we chat. And we always end up going on a few tangents as well. Uh, as always, please check out all the sponsors and stuff, ExpressVPN, Sports Social, people like that. That helps us to help you. Uh, and if you'd like to become a member of Ace Podcast Nation, you can sign up at patreon.com slash acepodcastnation, which allows you to get a host of rewards and content. But most importantly, you get free uh, free tickets, early access to tickets for the Cardiff City Legends events, which we are currently doing the next one, the 10th of May, with cult hero Willie Boland. So make sure you check that out. A few tickets available. Not a lot, but a few. Um, 
And as we wait for some of the the stragglers, the latecomers, we will uh, we'll do a little a little super six and uh, fantasy league update. Also, yeah. We're raising money for charity, as always. We do the Super 6 Prediction League. But we also do added fantasy football to it this year as well. So uh, the charity league updates are as follows. The Super 6 at Cardiff, Swansea and Bristol fixtures last round. And Will's dad came out on top with 19 points. A special mention to the man I was just talking about, Willie Boland, who came fourth with 16 points. Remember to get your tickets in May for May the 10th. Don't forget. Uh, Ollie Rushworth had the highest fantasy league score of the week with 88 points. But how is mine and Rodri's battle going? The fantasy league is what it is. Although this week in the fantasy Premier League, Rodri scored 71 points. I scored 74. The moral victory goes to Willis. And that's all we're about is morals, mate. That's what's important. It doesn't matter about winning the league and this and that. What matters is morals. That's what matters. And my moral victory wipes out all of the other victories for every other week of the fantasy football this week, this year. The gap now is 133 points. (laughs) (laughs) I won a week. And let's, let's, that might have you starting in front of me. So, yeah, go on. Carry As on. we discovered, I didn't oh, use it. Right. Uh, the Super 6, however, is much closer. Rodri scoring 10 points midweek. I scored 8. Uh, there's an 18-point gap, which is basically one week when I can be asked to do it properly. So maybe this week is the week. But uh, a, smash, a special shout-out to Donna Perry, who jointly won the last-person standing competition with Steve Beckley. And, uh, of course, Donna and her daughters have been sending in vlogs for the Cardiff City uh, channel, which has been really cool. They put out their second episode today. So shout out to Kemily, Katie and yeah, Emily as I'm well. Off, um, I'm off next week, so I can have a look at the at the week, the week to week, so I can see how many I can put the stats up next week, how many times I beat you in the weeks. But I'll, I'll do that in the, in the week off next week. But love that. I know you. I know you want to do that for the fantasy league, but you're not no, interested no, no, in doing no, it for the It's no, it's a stat kind of world now, so it's these stats are important. Okay. I got I got a stat for you then. You like stats so much. In the uh, Super Six Prediction League for the last two seasons, I have finished so far ahead of you that you weren't even on the same page twice in a row. The first season you had like oh. five weeks on me. I didn't join until five. Hang on a minute. Let me get the back second on music. One, yeah, I wasn't really taking it serious. I didn't know. I didn't realize how serious you were taking. I was just like missing week here, missing the week there. You're like, oh, you don't think you see me sitting there. Whoa, that. All right, I'll, I'll take it serious this week. This year, sorry. And there we have it. Okay, done. Turn the music on. And there we have it. I didn't have a violin, mate. Sorry. First, the first year, I come five weeks in. The second year, well, no, nah, I don't like to take this sit. This is just like, well, the camera, I just have a bit of joke, a bit of banter there. No one likes it. I'm taking it serious. All right, I'll go at this the third year. There we go. There we go. 18 points, mate. I could do that in one week. Easy. I'm on a roll at the minute. Yeah. I was one goal away from my City 2-1, spewing that Foden goal, the third one. Oh, I've had a couple of them over the last few weeks, like last-minute goals, which have cost me five-pointers. I had Leeds 4-1. I had Leicester 3-0, and it was 2-0. So, you know, I'm just, just yeah. a couple away from big, big, big scores, so... Yeah, should be it should probably double that lead in the next couple of weeks. 
make sure you got your list of excuses ready anyway. Um, <laughs> so I uh, just before we kind of delve into the Champions League and United and whatever, like all the usual stuff, I wanted to make um, a little mention of um, Jack Fitzwater. Um, is he plays for Exeter at the moment? Um, joined last summer. Has been talking about uh, his battle with colitis and how difficult it is going to the toilet several times a day and playing football and stuff like that. And obviously, Darren Fletcher went through something similar himself. Um, and I just kind of wanted to make a mention of it. Is uh, as someone who's got Crohn's disease himself, like it is very, very difficult to deal with. Um, and people obviously don't see it because you don't know people's toilet habits at the end of the day. And um, it is, it's not pleasant, it's painful. Um, like it's embarrassing it is what it is but um shout out to him for talking about it because not many people do obviously i mentioned darren fletcher and, and then there's been a few others rugby players sw uh, swimmers and stuff but like uh yeah shout out to him for talking about it because it's it's brutal and i, I can't imagine trying to be a professional athlete at the same time as well that must be even harder but um and also another shout out um roy hodgson is his stable in hospital after he fell ill during training on Thursday morning, um, obviously their their news conference was cancelled ahead of that uh, because of that. Seventy six years old, mate. Um, I know I have no idea what his health issue is, and obviously it's none of our business in terms of what's going on with him. But he's not young, is he? And I think it's been a stressful season for him. So wish him the best, mate. At the end of the day. Yeah, it's not it's not helping with the, the recent reports that he's going to be replaced and uh, after what he'd done last year and almost saving him to keep them up, keep them steady, keep them in the table, no worries. And then now they've got to just they should have done that at the end of the season. You're going, thanks, Roy, thanks for letting you know, enjoy your life. You, you, but you know, these type of people have done football all their life and you know it's what they do. So but yeah, it's a stressful situation. Yeah. Does he need it anymore? You know, it's yeah. Uh, but wish him well. Yeah, it's 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 tricky, isn't it, mate? I, you know, I put a post up the other day actually about football fans that like being very very fickle, short memories, haven't they? Football fans have got the shortest memories of all. Like when Roy you understand what Palace fans are, are going though with this. They what they want to see a plan and Roy Hodgson, you know. Yeah, it's you know. They can't really look for a future plan. First, first of all, the big elephant in the room. He's seventy-six years of age, so he's not going to go on forever. And they need a, a younger and and um, yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. But I can see a change imminent there. To be honest, yeah, and I mean, obviously, we we don't know how his uh, health is and stuff like that. Hopefully, he's all right and he's uh, you know back fighting fit. But I mean, they've lost three of the last five, and. It hasn't been good enough, really, form-wise. And I think, really, when you look at the table, if it wasn't for Everton's point deduction, Palace would be right in it. They got a little bit of a cushion. They got a five-point cushion over Everton. But like without Everton's deduction, I Palace... Think, you know, with Palace, though, they've got match winners. They've got more yeah, than one. Lot of good players, so I think, I think no, with, with relegation, I think they need to kill the Jets. I think they'll be safe. Because, like I say, they've got... They've got very good players, which they'll, they'll struggle to keep next year. But yeah, they've got match winners. They've got two or three. So yeah, they got they got a really good squad, mate. They got yeah, like, yeah, if you look at their yeah. strongest eleven, it's very good. They, I, know. I just think every team has a dip, 
And unfortunately, their dip has come at a time where they were already sort of in the bottom bottom half of the league. And you could see a different manager getting more out of those players for whatever reason. For whatever reason. I said something similar just now about Cardiff City. So I had someone was saying to me that, oh, with no manager could get anything out of this squad. And I said, no, a, a different manager with different tactics would get more creatively out of that squad. And I think if you look at Palace's team, it's clearly full of young, vibrant, exciting talent. And say a young attacking manager would likely get more out of it. It's just, that's not a dig at Roy Hodgson. It's just, it's just a fact. Different managers, different tactics get more out of certain players. It's just the way it is. And, and I, I don't know. That's one that I think I'll watch because you wouldn't be surprised if they get their managerial. If they, if Roy Hodgson was to leave, and then they got a different manager in, if it was the right manager and they kept most of their players, Do you, you think that that's, yeah, it was the right manager? They pressed the panic button early on, didn't they? Yeah, I thought he, Vieira started well, didn't he? And he looked like yeah. he had a plan and attacked. A little bit of of Panic buttons. We need to stay up. Get rid of him. Yeah. Um, right. Before we talk about United, mate, I want to discuss some of the, the Champions League stuff from this week. Just because there's a lot of interesting stuff going on. First and foremost, um, Kylian Mbappe announces that he's leaving PSG. I don't think that's a massive surprise that he was going to leave in the summer. Is there any chance he goes anywhere except Real Madrid in your eyes? No. I don't think so. I don't think... Any oh, club don't finish your junior play there in the left. Yeah. Oh, you know, it's Real Madrid. They'll just adapt to it. We've won the right. You, they'll, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's got Madrid. He could also play through the middle as well, can't he? Like yeah, they might see him as with, a replacement for Benzema. With it, with it down to him, it's his choice. Unless, you know, someone like a Manchester United comes in with a big, massive offer, but still couldn't but see the it. Is, you know, the law of Real Madrid to these these, these foreign players is, is, is greater than probably playing for Manchester United. Like, there is one aspect of it which I think maybe him and some others could be tempted with United is where some of the moves United are making off the pitch the next 10 years could be quite exciting if you're a young player or or whatever and make him the, the, the marquee player yeah I could see the attraction to it however one of the things by having that structure above the manager now and bringing in these types of people that they are I think it's very unlikely that United are going to pay Mbappe 500 grand a week and a massive signing on fee. First of all, we've got Ganacho and Rashford there in that position. So, yeah, it's, it's just it's just we don't, something that we don't need. Dan Ashworth no. comes in and he's good as he says, he's not going to buy a player that we don't need. Yeah. So, and the thing know, is, mate, unless they would get rid of Rashford, that's the only way I could see Mbappe yeah. going to United is if Rashford leaves because then they'll want a marquee signing to take the distraction away. Oh, if, Not Rashford, distraction. if it's sold Rashford, then all bets are off. But I don't see that happening because I don't see him back in no. United. And the thing is, if he was being sold by PSG, you could see maybe a swap deal with some money yeah, and something yeah, like because PSG right. like Rashford. But it's his choice. So yeah, because he's going on free. I just don't see how 
he goes anywhere but Madrid. I saw there was a big thing on Twitter today, like Arsenal fans saying where they're going to get him and he's the, he's the final piece in the puzzle. I was like, mate, seriously, right? If Mbappe came to the Premier League, there's at least three clubs he goes to before Arsenal, surely. In United, Liverpool, but actually four. United, Liverpool and Man City because of who they are in different differing reasons. And then you also have the Todd Bollier aspect of Chelsea, who's not afraid to chuck a ridiculous amount of money at players if he wants them. I think all four of those teams... And you've got Newcastle, who's got a few clubs who can pay the wages, but don't have, can't pay the fee. So they could pay him ridiculous but would, money. So would you put... I think, I think he'd go to Arsenal before he'd go to... He would go to Arsenal rather than Newcastle. But if, if, if Newcastle saying, here's a million pounds a week, could he do that? I just think... Yeah, I no, just, I, yeah, no, of course, yeah, no, I accept that because I don't, as long as they can't buy players with with, with um, FFP with the, and stuff like that, with, yeah, with FFP. So I'm sure there's ways around. People know what I live in Newcastle. When you look at Newcastle, you look at London. It's no, you know, it's no, it's no secret. It's the capital or or the northeast, and you know, the capital is more appetising to these 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 foreigners and their families. But I just think Chelsea, both from a like a historic, if you like, where more recent history. So what the way if you try and get into the mind of what is it, what's Mbappe, 24, 25, something? Like he's gonna look at it. Chelsea have won Champions Leagues and League titles recently, and they can pay him a wedge load of money. The United thing we've already talked about, Man City just won a treble constantly in the title race, in the Champions last stages of the Champions League, and they could pay his wages. Arsenal haven't really won anything. All right, they you know, don't get me wrong, they might be in a title race this year. They've they've got a good manager and a good young team. But I'm not sure that's what he wants at the age he's at and leaving Madrid uh, leaving PSG on free. Do you see what I mean? Like yeah. There's other clubs I see in the Premier League that I think he would go to before Arsenal. But, you know, Good for the Arsenal fans. Get excited. Um, he's, he hasn't had, he hasn't got an agreement with Madrid, though. Apparently, I just was going to say, but Rich has just said in the comments, he's not happy with Madrid's offer because apparently his, his wage, demand, wage demands are so ridiculous that even Madrid are not willing to... This is what I mean. This, this is what I mean, where a Premier League club will be willing to pay for it and Real Madrid, because it's Real Madrid, will be a bit, you know, what we'll say... Um, uh, co cocky or confident that they could get in with a low ball price instead of a high ball price. So, mm. um, I'm assuming there's a way, like, I'm assuming that there's something in place to stop teams going, Oh, we'll pay you 100 grand a week, that's your wage, but then in another way, paying him, you know, the rest sort of thing via a sponsorship deal or you know, whatever it may be. There must be something in place to stop that. Because otherwise, your United, your Chelsea's City, whoever, Madrid, Barcelona, they'd all abuse that, wouldn't they? They on your books, it would say you're paying him hundred grand a week, but Barcelona, I don't know, Incorporated would be paying him a sponsorship deal of a million pound a week. But you see what I mean? There must be something in place to stop that sort of thing. I'm sure there is, but I'm sure that still goes on. <laughs> oh god, yeah. I mean, how many charges? Hundred and twenty odd charges, or is it something? I saw it on that, just on the Chargers thing. I saw a really interesting video with um, Bill Jagielka was on Talk Sport this week, and they were asking him about Everton 
there's rumours that Everton are going to get another point deduction. Now, I think that is unreal that they could have one and then have another one in the same season. Like, it just, that, that doesn't seem fair or doesn't seem right. And Phil Jagielka basically... You know, that, that, to, that, to me, just stinks of a lawsuit. It just stinks of that thing. Yeah. Well, in fairness to Phil Jagielka, he said the EFL did it to Derby and it seems like the Premier League are doing it to Everton, like they want them to get relegated. Now, well, I was listening to it at the time. I was in my car and I was listening to it. And I just think, surely they can't have two deductions in the same season. It just doesn't seem, even from a sporting point of view, all right, if you've done it once, fine. But then surely it would yeah. be the next season, wouldn't it? It's just wrong. It's just wrong. But we'll, we'll wait Especially and see. Especially when, when you've got Man City sat with 100-plus charges, seemingly... You know, just playing week in, no pressure, nothing. It's a strange one, isn't it? You've got Forrest and Everton fighting to not have points deducted and punishment. Well, they, they can take it to court and just uh, and do what City are doing. So, yeah, City just tie They seemingly just seem to be have tied it up to a point where. Yeah, so they can do that. So it doesn't come into this, this season. Everton this uh, admitted it and went through everything the, the right way, where this one, they'll. they'll now, appeal it or whatever they need to do, and it won't come out this year. This, I don't see it coming out this year, mate. Yeah, so it's a weird one. Um, right on the Champions League, mate. Did you um, did you catch much of it this year? There, this Say week. Again. Sorry, did you catch much of a Champions League this week? I watched um, watched a bit of Munich last night, and what was I watched a bit of City. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. I um Kylian Mbappe just look at it scored 19 goals in his last 15 matches. Now, don't get me wrong, that is sensational. But like how how many of them are in the French league? I just I I find it very difficult when I see these stats of these players doing doing it in the French league because he will he will league. still score a lot of goals the way the way oh, the, no of course speed of him the way the Premier League's played, the way the game's played at the time, but will he get that not that many? I very much doubt it. But you know, Harland did when he, he was, first really. Harland did when he first came in. Even his record was was astonishing. So he could do. Not, not so impossible. Yeah, there's players who've done it in the Premier League, like had that ridiculous, like Salah, Ronaldo, um, Harland. You know, there's been these kind of players who buck the trend and. And go on these incredible streaks and have these incredible records. I remember Ruud van Nistelrooy scoring like 10, 11 goals straight. Yeah. What, I was quite surprised that Hoyland is the first, I can't remember what it was, first under 20 or something to score five in five games since Nicholas and Elka. I was really surprised to hear that. When you think of all the strikers who've come by, but obviously he's, you forget how young he is, like, you know? Yeah, but 
And I love that. Like, I see a lot of people say, oh, he scored five and five, but what about the rest of the season? Well, he's top scorer in the Champions League still, isn't he? Or certainly the top scorer in the, um, the group stage. Like, he scored, I think, 11 goals this season. So what are we in? Mid-February, and he's got 11 goals in all competitions. I think for a 20-year-old who's coming into a side which is very disjointed and not at his peak, I think that's pretty good. I gotta say, regardless of his price, I think eleven goals in all competition, and he's got quite a few assists as well. I think that's a good start, me. But uh, you're a United fan. You tell me. Do you think that's? Would you have? Could you have expected any more from him? Okay. From Hoyland, he scored um, goals in all competitions. At no, he's had, he had a rocky start. He's had a, he's had not a lot to play with. Not a lot of lot of assists. Not a lot of balls into him that he can work with so uh, he's had a rocky start but his movement's been good his work rate's been good he's still been getting in in the right areas and and now his hard work seems to be paying off you know the little nicks them little them little goals that are the scuff so you know they're going in for him or being in the right position a little header you know it's not by accident that these set of forwards are in these places when the ball bounces there so um no, it's good for him, but just, just, you know, he's going to have another dip. Just, you know, he's still young. You know, he's, he's going to be a very good player because he does all the right things. He's got power, pace. You just need to give him time because, you know, he will have another dip. But um, he's a goal scorer. It's life a goal scorer. If you don't score in two or three games, fucking world's ending. Rushes on, isn't it? Yeah. Like, what's interesting with him is if you go into his goal stats and all that, even is those 11 goals, not many of them have been created by teammates. There's a lot of them that he's created himself. The one against, what was the one which he smashed in recently? Was it Villa? I forget. Where he takes That's off. That's why I was saying he really got to adapt. It may that be one a, against know, Galatasaray when he ran from the halfway line. and well, it's it's few, Yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. Like, he, I, I'm not sure if he is now, but for a long time, like for most of the thing, he's been top scorer in the Champions League. Like, yes, he didn't score in the league, but I think 11 goals mid-February. He's got, I think, about five assists as well. I think that's pretty good. That's 16 goal goal contributions in not even a full season. In his first season, age 20, I think that's... In a side that's not doing... Certainly not consistent, I think you could say. No, I could say he's young. He's he's only going to get better as well. So... Yeah, uh, yeah, I, th- I yeah. think he looks a player, man. I gotta say, I think he look all like looks like someone who's got a potential to go and be United's Van Nistelrooy under this new regime. Um, talk to me, right, about the off the field appointments. So you've got United have approached Newcastle Sporting Director Dan Ashworth about joining the club. They've also approached Jason Wilcox, uh, former Blackburn winger, who also has been behind. Man City's academy over the last uh, several years, including players like Cole Palmer um, and such coming through. Um, they obviously appointed Barada as their CEO. You've got Dave Brailsford, John Claude Blank taking seats on the board. As a United fan, oh, they've also been linked with that um, the guy from Brighton, the head scout, I've forgotten his name, uh, someone dual. Um, but as a United fan, when you see all those appointments and incoming or being linked with like is that as exciting 
as being maybe linked with an Mbappe? Like, which one do you rather? Would you rather have Mbappe in the summer or all those names I've just mentioned being in the structure of the football club? No, I'm a big um, NFL fan and um, the Kansas City Chiefs have, have, have kept their staff for you know, three or four years now all together. Uh, defensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, quarterback coach, head coach, quarterback, tight end. And they've all seemed to have stayed together. So you need that that, that core of, of, of people who are very, very good at the job. Dan Ashworth is, is very good at his job. Uh, Jason Wilcox. When I managed, when I was my, took manager of Salford, um, Jason Wilcox was coaching, used to coach back on, on, used to have half a pitch of the pitch. Jason Wilcox would be on one side of the pitch. I can't remember who was coaching, but this would have been 2010, 2011. Mm. So we started from the bottom and then obviously he gets the job at City and now we're, what are we, 13, 14 years on and, and now he's going to be on the United. So he's done the hard graft, but, you know, done it the right way and, and got the good, the good young players from around Manchester and, and made him into to good players. So, well, great players, some of them. So, yeah, no, I'd rather have what's happening now than just uh, an Mbappe signing because this is the the right pieces that need to be put in place instead of an Ed Woodward who's a money guy, doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Another of these, uh, Richard, whatever his name was, was, was caught in a pub talking to Richard fans. Arnold. Richard Arnold. So these, these people are really clowns, really, and are not really good at the job. So these people are renowned... <coughs> quality people in the profession and it can only board well for, for, for United and so it's they're putting the right pieces in place and now we've got people who know what they're doing in the right places so it can only be could be good for Manchester United Manchester United fans but um, yeah every, everything that's going on now is 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 going in the right direction it's, you know you can't you can't run before you can walk so it's, it's going to be a it's not going to be overnight, but you can see now that they're putting the right pieces into place. Yeah, there's a, there seems to be a plan there. And I think one of the things that we've talked about continuously is the off-the-field structure. There's nothing like above Ten Hag. You had like Darren Fletcher, which with all the greatest of respect to him, great footballer, but he didn't seem to have the qualifications or the contacts to do the job that he was seemingly doing. Like he seemed to be the football guy amongst all these money guys, and I like you look at like the likes of the sort of people which they're being linked with for these types of jobs: Dan Ashworth and Paul Mitchell and uh, Dougie Friedman, Jason Wilcox. Like these are top top level people in those types of jobs for the last ten years or so. Whereas Dan Fletcher didn't seem to have that same. Um, I don't know what I don't know the, the word I'm looking for, but do you see what I mean? Like, like with all the greatest respect to him, I'm sure he was doing the best job he could possibly do. But there seemed like United back in the day when I was a kid, they had the best of everything. They had the best training ground, the best stadium, the best manager, the best players, the best, and everything above was the best. So everything off the field was always the best. But a very good manager was 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 spearheading all that, and he, and the, the great thing about Alex Ferguson, he always evolved with the times. And obviously, yes. when he left, they didn't they stopped evolving. 
to just try to put square pegs in round holes and it, and it just wasn't working. And they just continue to do that because people don't know what they're doing at the club. Now, like I say, it seems things going in the right direction. So it can happen in, in, in any place. No, it can happen at work. My work, well, I work. You know, when I started, it was it was a struggle. But now you get the right piece in the place. You know, the boss is a bit of a dick, but apart from that, it's all right. Um, what, like, in terms of it, uh, the impact is as a United fan. Like, how instant do you think this structural change? So, I mean, let's assume that by the summer. They're all going to be in place. They're all going to be ready and to kickstart and go. Like, how instant do you think the, the impact can be on the field? Well, that's well, you have to build the right piece in the place, get the right players into place. You and now we're getting all the, the right players back in. You see the results. Uh, it took us what three and a, three and a quarter season to find out. Right, this is our three: Ireland, Ganacho, and Rashford. Now, Ganacho on the right, Rashford on the left. Ireland uh, midfield: Manu, Casemiro, Fernandez. That works because Casemiro gets isolated, but Manu seems to. But even though he's inexperienced, there was some gaps, and we've seen that in Villa where they were getting behind them too and getting in like in between the centre halves, and they would have to fix that because that shouldn't really happen if there's two there. But um, should, I'll ask you about that in a minute. But go on, carry on. But uh, no, and then the back four. You know, you've got face Harry Maguire. He's been for a torrid time, and he's been brilliant for the last, but all season really. Um, they wanted to sell him. He didn't want to go. He's dug his heels in. And he's got his head down. He's probably been our best defender all season. So even though he's been out of late, you know, it's a, it's a big miss. We miss Luke Shaw when he's fit. So just getting the back four, it's very important. Dalot looks really getting better quick. Now he's making goals, scoring goals. So that's important. So we just, I think Dalot, Shaw, Martinez, and we just need to sort that. But it looks like Maguire's trying to, trying to nail that down and we'll just have to wait and see. But I'm sure another one will come in because I don't think Varane's the answer. I don't think Lindelof's the answer. So, but um, like I say, it's just, Getting them pieces bit by bit. See in the summer. Get see what their what their moves are in the summer. What kind of players they were going for. What kind of money's on offer. So yeah, it's like I say, they've got the right pieces in place. These players, these uh, people have been in, like Dan Ashworth. Oh, they've identified good players for Newcastle. So now he's in a better position because he's at Manchester United, which is a more appealing place. And that's no disrespect to Newcastle. But it's just a fact. So, what I find fascinating with it, or like the tactical side of it, I like looking into that. So, you know, with that, um, with the Villa game, you had the either the winger or the forwards were one of the forwards was dropping in behind Casemiro and Mainu. Obviously, Mainu and Casemiro are, are dealing with the the number ten and the and the midfielders in front of them, and then the strikers were dropping in in that gap between midfield and defence. I would have, when I was looking at it afterwards, I was thinking like Maguire or Varane, one of them has got to go with that player because they can get tight to him without exposing, you know, a big gap and stuff like that. 
like you, but you've obviously done, you know, you doing your coaches badges and, and you've done coaching and managing before. Like, is that right? Would you say that in that situation, assuming it's not the number 10 who's drifted into the space, because it was more one of the wide players or the central striker who was going into that space behind Casemiro and Mina. It's just very good coaching, mate. It's just very good coaching, but to, to, you've got either one of the centre, centre midfielders got to pick up or Dalot's got to tuck in and, and pick it up. And then it's, it's just the balancing act. Who's close at the time? But, but Bailey, it wasn't Bailey, it was Ramsey. Ramsey's very clever in doing it. So it's difficult. These, these, are, these are top-notch players, mate. And if, when they, they ghost into these positions, split second, you get a ball, boom, they're in on, on, on the back four, especially on Maguire, who's not the, the paciest. So, well, they got away with it, really, against Villa because he got in some mm. great positions. And a bit of that better quality, you know, he would have scored a lot more goals, but it's something they can they can identify, it's something they can work on, and they'll just get better at it. Um, good manager as well, Villa have got. Um, what was quite yeah, interesting... I'm saying they're not talking about any scrubs here. These are top-notch coaches and... And that Ramsey's a decent player, decent young player, pacey, quick. So when he goes into them plays in, into them holes, it's very, very difficult. Do you know what I found, um, or like watching it, what was quite interesting is that in the second half, Garnacho started to do the same thing, but uh, in an attacking sense. So he was drifting off the right and he was ending up behind Hoyland or by, even behind Rashford at certain points on the left. And Villa couldn't cope with it at all. Ganacho ended up getting in a couple of times off the left before Rashford went off. Um, and it was quite interesting to see United use the same tactic against Villa, almost uh, like a attack is the best form of defence type thing. But it was kind of interesting well, to see players, Why not? They've got yeah. better players. They look more solid at the back with, with, with uh, the defence, the players they've got back. So why not? And it's our strengths. Our strength isn't defending. You know, yeah. it's going forward and scoring goals, and we've not scored enough of this season. We've not scored. You know, it's been pitiful to be honest. It's been pathetic for United football team. It's the lowest I've ever seen when I've been alive. I've watched some. Many, they seem many... to all be finding a bit of form though at the same time. Just trying to. We still we still minus goals or something. We're, we're in what twenty no, no, games. They've oh, the right, right. Plus three. Great. Yeah. That, but, yeah. you know, I, I take your point 100%, mate. It's, it's strange. It's not something you associate with. It's a million either. quid. Like Chelsea. It's just, it's, it's, and, the, and the player, these quality of players should be doing more. But, yeah, like, you know, but you give him that, you give him that leeway because last year he'd done very well and this year it's been rocky with the players have been injured and the, the players that something has been brought in at, the Anthony's, the Mason Mounts, uh, it's a big money. So, so that's where the pressure comes in. Well, you know, you've done well there, but there's 150 million that's not done nothing. What's going on here? You've got Mason Mount, you know, he's just a made of quavers, and you've got the show pony from Brazil who just takes people on, runs back, takes people on, runs back, and you just know he's going to cut in on his left. He gets boring, he even hit the target. Mm. So he didn't score goals. So Do you know what's come in with you know, he come in started very very well, but you know stick him on the left. Get I think he'd be a good wing on the left to get get because he obviously not too confident on his right, and it's just frustrating. You know <laughs> I know my wing is a Manchester United, and he's got the potential to be that, but 
yeah, not for 90 million quid. Ajax, he's got, yeah, someone's he's got the laughing. skill to be a great traditional winger, only like, yeah, not he's got everything. Got pace, you know, he works hard, he's got a trick, Skillful. he can probably whip a good ball in, but you don't see it. You just know what he's gonna do. Yeah, if I, I know what he's gonna do, and they know what he's gonna do. It's easy yeah, to vent. 100%. Easy to vent. Easy. And because he just gets so congested in the middle. Yeah, yeah. yeah he'll get, he'll get a goal where he'll whip it into the top corner every twenty games. Great. Mm-hmm. Need more than that if you play for Manchester United, mate. Especially with ninety million quid. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's hard not to disagree. The way, I think United's biggest problem this year has obviously been the injuries. They look a different side when Luke Shaw goes off, when Martinez is not in there, because <clears> they <throat> progressed the ball so well, you know, through midfield. Well, and, you, know, and up the, you, look at, you look at Tottenham, they've had injuries. Yeah. The other teams have had injuries. They just come in and skip a beat. These players, they're not good enough. So this is no, what I'm saying. Some of these players that are still there, Lindelof, Wambasako, Marshall, they still get these to get rid of all of the dead wood and, and, and just you know start again. You've probably got two or three that you keep up within that shit lot have been a shit few years. Rashford, Luke Shaw, and who else? I don't know. You know. I, mid, I would never get rid of Luke Shaw. I just no. if I'm United, I would not get rid I'll of him. Worry when he's getting injured now because you know if you, well, if you don't look after this yourself, season, he's had injuries. Does look overweight. Though. Yes, he's a bit boy. But it does look overweight, and when you're carrying that weight, and once you get a little bit older, you'll pick up a little bit of these niggly injuries. So mm. you know, we you all know, like him at Donald now and again. It can't be every day, Luke. Just kill your jets. <laughs> Do you know the reason why I don't think they'll get rid of him? One, he's been there ten years. Two, I think he's well, he's probably their best, like one of their best players, and he influences the team massively. Um, but the other reason is United have a left back called Harry. Uh, Harry Amass, I think his name is, playing in the under twenty threes. Who've played like six, played sixteen, won sixteen in the league this year. They're like gonna break records and stuff. He is sixteen years old, and um, by all accounts, I watched some highlights of it. Or I actually watched um, the extended highlights of a couple of his games for the under eighteens or twenty ones or whatever. And I tell you what, mate, he is doesn't look sixteen. I tell you that much. But he looks. Like he could be a player. Um, and there was a few rumours that if Luke Shaw is injured now, that he might come in on the left rather than flipping Dallow over and, you know, whatever they could normally do to 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 move it about. Like he might get his chance as a 16-year-old kid to stake a claim. And, and that's how it happens, mate. Very rarely do you see a 16-year-old, probably Rooney is the only one I think, oh, which I can think of, who at 16, 17... Forced his way into the first team on performance and ability. Most of the time, it comes from a senior player getting injured, the backup is on, you know injured or suspended, and then suddenly you throw a kid in. He does well. Look at Mainu. He probably wouldn't have played as much as he did this year if it wasn't for the injuries to Casemiro and you know these different players at the time. And this is what they, this is what they'll probably this is what they'll they'll, they'll tap into first. If you go back in history, this is what you no know, Alex Ferguson, Brian Kidd, when they, when they got there, let's see what youth there is first. Let's see if we can work with, because you know, our best players in a minute are Manu, Ganacho, Rashford, 
They're all players that we've, and there is some very, very, very good players coming through. Very good players that will be in the first team in two or three years. I could name at least three that will be. Um, left back included that you just said there, but there's two that, that one reminds me very much like Phil Foden, the Scouser, Lacey, and there's a Fletcher. He's a Fletcher. Yeah. Jack Fletcher's down one of Darren Fletcher's kids. Well, actually, both of them, innit? But one of them, particularly Jack. One of them is very, very good. Yeah, they, they play for the under 18s. They've not been beat, even though they've been knocked out of the FA Youth Cup. They've been, yeah, they're, what, they're very, very good. So that's where they tap into first. And then, you know, um, and then see, obviously, like, Ashwood would, would have identified players that, he's, that he wanted to bring to Newcastle. It's just an easier. He's a thing now. He's And I mean, the other thing with Ten Hag is the one thing. Whatever you think of him as a man, if you think he's the right man for United, blah blah blah. Like, when he's not afraid to play young players. Like he's shown that already. You know, Maynard is good enough, so he plays every week. He's probably the first name on the team sheet, to be honest. So you know, if Shaw's injured again, maybe, and he doesn't want to move the low, the low off the right because of his delivery, then Harry Amass at sixteen might get his chance, and then. It's you know it's whether he takes it then and it's whether he can put together a couple of performances at that young age because it's a it's a lot, mate. You know, sixteen is is so young, so it, young. It is, but you know, I, I, these people have got the the mentality and the, and the good people around them to to know that that they'll they'll, they'll be fine. So, um, yeah, it's just a it's just a, you know, it's not 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 rushing them, but getting them in the mix. And then you'll probably yeah. see it in the next year or two. But you no know, work around work work around that and then obviously the quality and experience of the other players and obviously mm. the players that are bringing in the future. And they'll all you know, they'll know people like Ganacho and Maynu will be, you know, they'll be very friendly with them because they're similar age, you know, they played in the same team last year. Um, exactly. there's a lad in the United system, a left winger, he's fifteen. Um uh, what's his name? Amir Ig, Igbram, Igbramoff or something like that. And there's a few, there's a few coming through, mate. Well, he's 15. He's from Dagestan, mate. Right. And um, when you, if you watch him, like watch clips of him on YouTube, he looks like a player. Reminds me the way he runs of your brother, like just the way he runs. I mean, but his brother is an MMA fighter who's tipped to go. You know, you know what the Dagestanis are like for MMA. They're like. There's just a wave of them coming through at the top top level. But him and his brother <coughs> went. There's three. I believe there's three of them. Two of them are footballers, and one of them's a fighter. And they're all tipped to go to the top. There's not, there's not you know, there's not many players that have in in history that have, that have been regular players at the age of seventeen who are playing week in week out against men. I can name them on one hand. So it's it's not easy, and that's through the fact. But my my. Probably James Milner as well. So that's probably four. Well, that's, I was going to say that's why Rooney and James Milner's records as youngest players, like playing at sixteen in the Premier League and scoring, and Premier, that's why they still stand now. Twenty well, odd years it's, later. I mean, it's, it's probably our kid Wayne Rooney, uh, James Milner, and Raheem Sterling. They're the only ones that I can think of that are playing week in week out at seventeen uh, for the club. So. And these are playing against men, so it's not easy. It's, it's it's not easy to break in at a young age. So I know Ganacho 
come in and out. But he wasn't a no. Harvey Elliott played at Fulham before he went to Liverpool, age 16. But that might have been in the championship as well, I was thinking about it. Um there was a guy, a lad who played for West Brom. Sure, sure obviously. I'm sure there is others, but they're the ones that Easy. I can think of at the top of my head. Yeah. That you know were playing weekend. Because remember, I can play he broke it in when he was Will 17, Smith. and then he played a full season like he was yeah. se- is 17, and he was obviously 18 in November, but he so, was uh yeah. Wayne Rooney obviously just, 16, James Milner 16, and Ryan Ryan Stone 17. So Mm. So I just pulled up a list of the top 20 youngest Premier League players, right? And, you know, there's there's a couple, like there's a guy, lad who played for Arsenal at 15, but I've never heard of him since. Harvey Elliott obviously played for Fulham, went on to play for Liverpool. And then you've got like Matthew Briggs, Izzy Brown, Aaron Lennon. played. At what I'm saying, mate, Harvey Elliott isn't a first, first name on the sheet. These players yeah. were. Yeah, Jack Wilshere. I think Jack for Wilshire. a period. Yeah, Jack Wilshere. Yeah, James Vaughan at Everton as well as people. You, I would say he was one of the first names on his team sheet. But then after that, a lot of these players who made their debuts at 15, 16, they actually didn't go on and play at the top top level. Like there's a couple. Small, of like, there's a small. You know, it's, it's, it's very, it's a very small number. Of course, mate. Yeah. Um, and of course, the one we're forgetting outside of the Premier League is Odegaard. Obviously, he was playing age 15 wasn't he and which is i think you know is mental like my 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 youngest son is 15 now for yeah 15 that's a thing and like depends how you know, built as well i suppose because some 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 kids grow when they're 17 18 and you know some yeah. kids are like grown at 15. and it, so, do you know what the other thing i think mate as well is when you're like that age between 14 and 18 if you do if you start doing like gym work and playing football several times a week and you 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 your body automatically becomes like bigger and stronger and because your body reacts quicker doesn't it just like if you do nothing and just eat at that age and sit around playing on the xbox you get chubby real quick as well like do you see what i mean like the your metabolism oh, yeah. is so rust, rust. um right let's i'm gonna get up super sick stuff mate um well, yeah, I don't know how Ramsey was playing for Cardiff at 16 and then obviously went on and played for Arsenal. Yeah, we're not talking separate football, I was talking. Well, maybe he went on and played for Juventus and uh, Arsenal, so can't really say second rate, can you? Sorry. At the um, time, when he was 16, he wasn't playing for Juventus or Arsenal. He was no. playing for Championship for Cardiff. Um, also, you have like. Um, you get swiftly on his face. Who? Walcott. Yeah. With with England, sixteen, wasn't he? I know yeah, they didn't yeah. use him yeah. in the bench. Yeah, feel get us them waters. That's all he did. That World Cup didn't play one minute. Yeah, get us them water. Yeah, did that kill? That's all he did. That was, yeah, that was, was a good experience. Yeah, feel get us lunch. And the thing is, mate, when you got into the depths of that tournament, I remember thinking, like, you may as well chuck him on. You need they needed a goal or something, and they had not much on the bench. And it's like either chuck him on or you may as well have taken someone else. Over it, just overrated. It was quick. That was it. Just open yeah, the game fast, field. Yeah. Just just too fast. His brain can computes how fast he was. So yeah. Um, 
I just wanted to make mention of this before we do the predictions very quickly. I don't want to go into it in detail simply because I don't know the story that well. Um, but someone mentioned it in the comments earlier on. On um, Piers Morgan's Uncensored show this week, they had former Lincoln City footballer Jack Diamond, um, who spoke for the first time. My, he was my franchise, because I watched it this week. Well, uh, no, no, he um, he was cleared of um, rape. Yeah, I know, oh, yeah, I know, yeah. The jury took seven minutes to acquit him. Um, he obviously went through two years of hell. He's now twenty-four. He's a. Uh, I'm not sure if he's. I think he plays for Sunderland, didn't he? But luckily for him. Sunderland, I think, back, backed him, or certainly they didn't sack him while he was. Well, you know, he can't, can't well, he went to court, didn't he? And he, you know, he got charged and stuff. A lot of clubs, maybe. Yeah, but charged and charged. Yeah. And, uh, charged and guilty is different. Yeah. But this is what I mean. He's charged. He's found it's innocent until proven guilty. But this is why I think that victims and accused should both be kept anonymous in these cases uh, until yeah. the verdict yeah, because like doesn't matter right even though he's been acquitted like with seven minutes the jury was you know bang not guilty even though it's not guilty as well not that the case has fallen apart or no charges were brought or whatever insignificant evidence whatever it may be he was found not guilty in a court of law but he that that'll follow him everywhere he goes for the rest of his life. There'll be people who will be unsure of him and this, that, and the other. And I just think there's got to be a better way, not just footballers, just for people generally to, because if you get accused of that sort of stuff, it follows you around regardless of whether you get and not guilty and you clear your name or not. Um, so there's got to be a better way to deal with it. And look, hopefully he goes on and has a successful career now because. 24 he's young enough that he can still play but after two years of not really playing it's difficult isn't it um right let's do our predictions mate is it froze yeah um yours video is frozen but your audio is fine so we're well, just going to do the predictions mate anyway it might catch up now i don't know what it's doing um, but like the, the, the predictions where um, I'm in the league. Yeah, go on then. Yeah, come on. <laughs> we'll see now. We'll see after this week. You know? See uh, how many excuses you've got next week. Yeah, yeah. Um, so first up, we've got Burnley at home to Arsenal. I have gone 3-1 to Arsenal. Oh, yeah. Uh... Um, let's do it now. Arsenal, uh, Burnley, um, Burnley, Arsenal 2 0, 2 0 to Burnley. That's a weird one. Well, then, um, 2 0 to, to Arsenal. How's it? Yeah. How's it a weird one? Because your video's frozen, isn't it? So, I've got to make sure that you got the prediction right. Um, <clears> yeah. Spurs versus Wolves. I'll let you go first. Well, you copy mine if I go first, though. Oh, uh, I've gone three two. I've already done mine. Oh, three one. Uh, Fulham at home to Villa. I've gone two one to Fulham. Hmm. Villa played well against United, but they have lost three on the bounce at home now, and I think um, 
Fulham being yeah, in quite good form. Fulham, Fulham have to come, come out and Villa will, will, will get them on the break. 2-1 two, 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 Villa. And the video's back. Uh, Man City at home to Chelsea. Big game. I've gone 3-1 to Man City, me. Two nil, City. Two nil, City. Tell you who's on form is um, you mentioned him just now. Um, what's his head? Oh, I can't remember his name. Um, Bowden, on fire at the moment. Great. Uh, Sheffield United at home to Brighton. I've gone Sheffield United. You lost me three points. Scored in the last minute. Had two one, two one on me bet. He scored in the last minute. Ruined it. Yeah. I got um two two one to Brighton. I have against Sheffield United. Um you are two one Sheffield United. Two one Brighton. One nil Brighton. And then finally you got Luton at home to Manchester United. United on a bit, haven't lost a game uh, in this year and have won four on the bounce. I've gone three 0 United. Yeah, Luton will score three one. Luton are in decent form. Actually, they've won three of the last yeah, five. That's why I was. That's why I was going to go two one. But no, I fancy uh, United to score at the moment is the one yeah, difference between. Especially away from home, there. Kenilworth Road. Have I told you a story about Kenilworth Road? Which one? <clears throat> so when we was when we was younger, me, our kid, and my dad. Dad had some pepped out Fiesta Popular dog move. So he had some pepped out Fiesta Popular and was going to watch uh, England schoolboys against was it Brazil at Wembley. So you had this blue pop Fiesta Popular. We're driving down there and then we're just getting into Wembley. We're on the motorway though. And it cuts out in the fast lane or the middle lane. So he's oh, shaking. So he nearly crash. HCB nearly waxed out. Get onto the hard shoulders anyway. It's overheated <clears throat> back in them days. You know, it's always overeating cars. Mm. So <clears throat> anyway, let's it cool down, drives to drives to the game, watch the game, <clears throat> and then we're driving home. So it's about it's getting late, you know, it's probably about eight, nine o'clock. So then we get into Luton and the car starts chuggering again. So he comes off at Luton and pulls up on the hard shoulder. Anyway, this taxi driver pulls over, says, Oh, what's up? So anyway. He says, this taxi driver says, his mate's got a garage. He's going to take us to somewhere now where we can stay tonight and he'll take us to his mate's garage to go and uh, go and um, get it fixed in the morning. Sweet. So he takes us to this house. Uh, there's no one living in there, but the house is overlooking Kenilworth Road. And mm. in them days, it was the old 3G pitches. Remember the sand on the pitches, the old 3G? Not yeah. the 3G. It's called Stop the Burns. Astro yeah, yeah, yeah. Hanging. When you play hockey on now. So it was then, so um, <clears throat> anyway, he gets up in the morning, goes to the garage, the car's there, it's fixed. He says, oh, you just need to go and test run it. So he has a little test run. We stood outside the, the garage, but just to the side. So my dad gets in the car, drives around the block, he pulls up just to the side. He's like, up to us, to me and our kid. I'm like, what's he doing? Like, come here, come here. So we get into the car, quick, get in, get in, get in. So we jump in, drive off. He says, why are you getting off there? He says, oh, you know, he's told me I can't stop. Uh, you know, if it, if it 
if the engine stops, it might not get going again. So, you know, that's what I need to be getting and drive so we can, can get home. Anyway, so we, at the start of this, like when we're leaving, he only had 15 quid. So in the morning, he says, well, how much did it cost? He said, oh, I've got, I've got money for fuel and we get some food. So how much did it He'd not paid. He sent us to, to go like that. Some geezers put him up overnight, right, fixed his car for him, and uh, my dad's done one on him, not even paid him. Just rushing me and me, me and that kid in the car and just drive home. Got us fuel, got us nice scan on the, on the service station. But, yeah, they've just done one. Done the kid back. Helping people. <laughs> that was my dad. What a, what a funny character. Oh, my God. I bet that guy was just like, fucking hell, man. Uh, give, him the, yeah. give him the roof. Yeah, some some Asian bloke. He was a proper nice bloke. Put him up in the house. Got his car fixed for him. Died of the money. He laughs about that story. He laughs, laughs about that story. He used, to, he used to deny it, but now I'm not. Now, now he knows I tell that story. He, he yeah. tells you that, John. Yeah, so. Yeah. I'm going to have to, next yeah. time I see him, I'm going to have to get his version of that one now. See if, <laughs> he'll say the same version. His would be a little bit more kind on his, on his though. So, oh, yeah, yeah, I sent him in the post, sent him money in the post. Yeah, of course <laughs> you did. Yeah, of course you did. <laughs> that's, what, that's what he used to say. Oh, I sent money in the post. All right, all right, mate. Fucking, I, I, if I've been alive 40 odd years, you've never sent me money in the post, so I don't think you're sending him <laughs> in the post. So, babe, do on me. Oh, you got me then. <laughs> now, um, UFC makes Friday, uh, Saturday. Oban Elliott, the Welshman, makes his UFC debut. Won't be boring, I can tell you that much. It's going to be quality, mate. Can't wait. Sweet. There's a few yeah. fights there on Saturday. See Big Chell Sennon talking about Oban. Yeah, then he um so when Oban was younger, like you're talking probably five years ago, maybe, he um he had put like a post up and tagged Chell Sennon and Chell Sennon replied. Yeah, yeah, I've seen you talked about that before. Yeah. They like built um a bit of a relationship and had some DMs go back and forth, and obviously because he's the now American fighting in America. It's a wicked story though, isn't it? Like but like he because he like he idolizes it, he it? weekend yeah saturday sweet um, Val Woodburn on ufc 298 massive card like yeah it's uh some wicked fights yeah, there, tuning so. in I'm, off, I'm off next week so it's it's after you a lot is it? all night Boo! watching ufc chilling no one else yeah volkanovsky and tapuria nice Nice. Robert Whittaker versus Paolo Costa, sure, Ian Gary versus Jeff Neal. I'm going to Cheltenham next week, though. A couple of days. You? So, yeah. yeah. God, there's some fights on that card. Mirab Dishvali versus Henry Cejudo. Um, Ian Gary's fighting as well. And then, obviously, you've got all the prelims with Oban and, you know, there's some fights, man. That's Wait, man, man I jump, I'm going to jump in the bath. Yeah, man. Right, appreciate you, mate. Uh, as always, good crack. Keep, keep your phone on because I can see another Super Six spanking. So keep your phone free, Saturday. Yeah? In a bit, mother. Sports Social Podcast Network.